0: It's the yearly Locked On Pacers award show giving out the MVP most improved all the awards you name them top to bottom for Pacers players as well as opining on the league awards it's all coming today on the Locked On Pacers podcast you are Locked On Pacers your daily Indiana Pacers podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day welcome of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East, and I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, one of my favorite ways to talk about the league and the Pacers at large, the Pacers end of season award show late April, and today, the NBA announced rookie of the year. And where and landed in the voting, which means every award the Pacers could or will be involved in, besides the all-league teams, has been announced. And so it's fun to look back on the NBA's award winners, the Pacers award winners, kind of marry them up and look back at the season that way. So today what we'll do, we'll look at who actually won the league award, who I think should have won the league award, who would win it for the Pacers. And I surveyed two people who I wanted to have on as guests for this, but were exceedingly busy with their real jobs. How dare they? Uh, Eddie Garrison uh, from the Pacers Radio Network and 1070 The Fan, and Ethan Krieger, who has written about the Pacers for a million places. Um, We're getting to it all today with their answers as well. So it's not just me bouncing off of it. And so we get more opinions. And also Locked On did ballots for every single award. So we'll dive into what those results were as well, the winners and where Pacers players rank. So lots to get to today. We'll go in the order that the NBA announced these awards just to keep it easy which means first up is the defensive player of the year won by indie native jaron jackson jr if you listen to the show you know that i am very high on evan mobley i would have voted for mobley he played a lot more than jaron jackson this season but i think per minute jaron jackson jr is the right choice protects the rim so well he's mobile he can switch on the perimeter he blocks everything he is a beast pacers would be awesome (laughs) more awesome i suppose if they had a player like that from a pacers perspective defensive player of the year is completely fascinating because i thought this was a runaway when i did this myself i picked miles turner if you go sort the pacers uh advanced stats by defensive box plus minus you get three guys who barely played kendall brown goga and james johnson then isaiah jackson and then miles turner miles turner played way more than isaiah jackson and had a more difficult role most of the time. Jackson was, of course, a good defender. To me, Turner was the Pacers' best defender. He cleaned up mistakes. He put fear in opponents. He changed the way other teams planned. And despite not feeling as forceful to me as he has in past seasons, he was still the best at covering up things, defending well for the Pacers, and just being a backstop that they need, right? Even without him, their their defense fell off a cliff this year. And the on-off numbers don't show that because... There were so many hockey sub-like situations for the Pacers where the starters together, not a good defensive group, the bench group together, a mediocre defensive group, but the mediocre numbers look better than the bad numbers with the starters on defense. That doesn't reflect well uh, what Miles Turner actually did and who he was playing with. Either way, I picked him. I thought he would be the runaway favorite. He's been the Pacers' best defender for the last three years. But here comes Eddie Garrison with a sneaky pick that isn't bad to me. By the way, going with Andrew Nemhard. Uh, if you listened to yesterday's podcast with Caitlin Cooper, we talked about Aaron Nesmith, and a specific stat about him was his uh, matchup difficulty rating that B-Ball Index has. What they do is they take every player's defensive matchup time spent on the league's best players, uh, according to advanced stats, and then say who is spending the most time guarding the best players. Aaron Nesmith ranked 18th in the league, and Aaron Andrew Nemhard spent more time guarding the league's best players uh in the league he was like 99th percentile in the top 10 right he guards other teams best players so much because he's one of the pacers best if not the best perimeter defense option his arms are everywhere it's so impressive how he's able to keep one high and one low and alternate which one it is and move his feet around and cut guys off and make plays Totally good pick. I think there's a chance he's the Pacers' best defender next year. He's so talented on that end of the floor. And, you know, he's not the, the bulkiest dude, but Andrew Embard can really defend. And I think if I, you made me pick a runner up, he'd be second, and I'd pick McConnell third if I had to name a top three. Although Jackson would be in that mix uh for that third choice as well. Uh, but those would be my top three. Halburton's team defense is solid. George Hill is a fine defender when he plays knee smith is a pretty good defender uh he'd probably be my fourth but it's really hard to say there's a lot of guys in the mix there but turner to me is the winner i think this one was actually pretty tough though for a team that was just awful on defense all season locked on podcast networks defensive player of the year was jaron jackson jr no pacers players obviously got any votes there the second award announced by the nba the clutch player that one's new Darren Fox, runaway. I mean, it shouldn't have been close that he deserved this award. The locked-on voting had him as well. I mean, he just was the most clutch player all, all season by a mile. It wasn't, frankly, close uh, that anybody else would be there. I thought Embiid had, like, a case to, to sneak on some ballots, I guess. I mean, he didn't even finish in the top three in the league voting. Uh, Darren Fox, though, was amazing. He's been awesome in the clutch in the postseason as well. Uh, for the Pacers, I thought this would, once again, potentially be unanimous to me it was Tyrese Halberton right the game winner against Chicago the game winner against Miami big clutch moments against New York and Boston and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of them but he's had many a clutch brilliance and was the Pacers best player in the clutch especially after a slower start in the clutch right after the Wally Zerbiak game he was fantastic late in games from an efficiency perspective and just making the right choices right knowing when to be selfish and when not to be when to get other guys involved i would have picked tyrese Haliburton for this as would eddie eddie uh, garrison also picked tyrese Haliburton. but ethan this time ethan krieger making the change going with the same guy who got a defensive play of the year vote andrew Nembhard, who again had some nice clutch moments this season whether that was uh himself late in that toronto raptors game the pacers won up north or obviously the biggest play of the pacers season his three against the lakers on the road on that road trip uh, that, that won them that game and the way he played down the stretch against the Warriors the very next game of that trip with Haliburton out. He certainly had his moments of clutch brilliance this season. He just didn't quite have the big moments that Halliburton had, the volume that they had for me to to pick him in this one. But again, took probably the second-place candidate if you had to pick somebody right uh, on this Pacers team. I guess like Buddy Heald hit some big shots in, in some moments. Miles Turner had some fourth-quarter moments this season, but I felt like Halliburton was a runaway favorite, and Nimbard probably would be second after that. You kind of are just picking guys who had big moments here and there, uh, because the Pacers in the Clutch were not particularly amazing outside of some Halliburton and Nembard brilliance in a few games this season. Fun award, the Clutch Player of the Year, but I feel like it's going to fluctuate so much, right? Clutch play in general can be very finicky. The Pacers were terrible in the Clutch this year until they weren't, right? Like That's just kind of how it goes. The Suns were an amazing Clutch team until they weren't. I think this award is Really strange, like outside of Damian Lillard, it's very rare for players and teams to be really sustainably good or bad in the clutch year over year. We'll see what ends up coming of that in the first year. Congrats to the year Fox and Tyrese Halliburton for this one. Uh, let's do this boring thing really quick. <laughs> the NBA announced the coach of the year. Uh, Mike Brown won in a landslide, as he should have. The Kings made the playoffs for the first time since 2008 I mean that that should win you the award by default he is that team humming he's an awesome head coach he's doing well against the Warriors right now I mean like Joe mazula's done well Taylor Jenkins has done well but the winner should should be Mike Brown we don't have to dance around it you'll never believe this but the locked on winner was Mike Brown of the 37 hosts that voted he got 36 first place votes the other are going to Mark Dagnall who's also an incredible head coach for the OKC Thunder no votes for Rick Carlisle among the Locked On staff, and no votes for Rick Carlisle among the NBA staff. He is the Pacers coach of the year because he is the only candidate. They have some brilliant assistants. Ron Norad, Lloyd Pierce, Mike Weiner, Jenny Busick, all of them are very talented, but the way this award <laughs> goes is kind of pointless when talking about a team, um, just because of there's only one head coach, and that's who, who is eligible, but their assistants are all great. And If you had to vote on them, I, it's impossible to say. They all have different roles and do different things, and they all could you know, fill on and step up one day. We've seen them all be head coaches in various settings of the NBA, Summer League, G League, whatever before and can do a fine job. But Rick Carlisle, of course, (laughs) wins the Pacers coach of the year by default coming up. Some really interesting voting from Ethan and Eddie on sixth man, most improved player. We all picked a different player, and we get to the awards that the Pacers actually had uh, people in the top five for in the league. We'll get to MVP. It's all coming here on the Locked On Pacers podcast. Let's take a quick little break, though. Talk about two awesome groups of people. First up, the good folks at Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, the coolest game I've played in a while. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM, but turns out it's not that easy. And if you had the same thought and fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Right now, the game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory, building a dynasty. You can deal with challenging personalities, hire the right coaches, trade and train players, make draft picks, navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft, all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, completely free, Playable offline, on the go, where and when you want. It's super fun. We have a nice contest going on with the Lockdown host who can win the most titles in 30 years with cash on the line. You can do that with your friends too. And Lockdown Pacers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Lockdown in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit ProBasketballGM.com. Scan the code if you're watching this on YouTube or look it up in the app stores. That's ProBasketballGM.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Let's also talk about really quickly Ibotta. Watching your closet grow after purchasing all the season's latest trends in clothing or buying your latest sports gear. Well, how about also watching your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop, get cash back. That easy. The average Ibotta user earns 120 bucks a year in real cash back. That can cover the cost of an entire shopping trip or just use that cash back to buy the flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or that fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical grocery trip was over $50 more expensive at the end of 2022 than the beginning due to inflation. You can earn two and a half times that in cash back from Ibotta or more depending on how much you use it, and you get real cash back, not points like you'll get from other apps. But real cash back. PayPal gift cards, bank account, whatever you can earn that cash back. Hundreds of online brands and real and uh, retailers. Check it out today, right now. Ibotta offering our listeners five dollars just for trying it. Use the code locked when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code locked all one word. That's Ibotta. I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store, and use that promo code locked. Thank you as always for making Lockdown Pacers your first. Listen today and every single day for your second listen. Hop on over to either of the teams that extended their seasons yesterday. Well, that would be just the Atlanta Hawks, I suppose. Um, But they huge win for the Hawks in Boston on the road to keep their season going. Trey Young ice at the end. Uh, Clippers Suns about to wrap up as I'm talking. Devin Booker just doing crazy things at the end. So we might see two teams eliminated today. Let's keep on going with the awards here. Moving on to the fourth award announced by the NBA, and that was sixth man of the year. Malcolm Brogdon, former Pacer, traded to Boston, a finalist here, sending the Pacers to the fun show, reviewing that Brogdon trade. Uh, to Boston with the Pacers getting Neesmith 29 and Tice. That turned out very well for the Pacers, thanks to how Neesmith has played this season. Uh, but Brogdon also, of course, has been excellent, right? There's a reason he won sixth Man of the year. I thought Quickly would win and Quickly might have been better over the course of the full season, but in actual games coming off the bench, I think Brogdon was better because Quickly ended up starting close to 30 times. And Brogdon, just to relitigate this a little bit, this is the phrasing I've used to talk about this a lot. I've said this a few times. If you're hearing it the first time, I think it's very interesting, is really in what I'm calling the Goldilocks theory range with Boston, right? When he was with Milwaukee early in his career, way too small of a rule, right? 18.5% usage his rookie year. The highest that got was still barely over 20. In three seasons with the Bucs, 19.4% usage rate. That's too small, right? That's not that's not enough. Malcolm Brogdon's talented, right? With the Pacers, his usage rate was really high. 25%, over 25%, twice, 24.6%. In his third year for a total of 25.3%. He was fine and good for the Pacers, but probably a little overcast as a as a heavy creating starting point guard. With the Celtics, 22.8% usage this season. That's just right. So the Goldilocks story, too hot with the Bucs, too cold with the Pacers. You could flip those, whatever. Just right with the Celtics. He's been fantastic for them. Very telling about where he's the best uh, in his role. And the Pacers are probably happy with how that trade worked out as are the Celtics, who... Would have hoped to advance at home today, but did not. So we'll see where their series ends up. Uh, The Pacers did end up um, on the sixth man of the year final ballot with uh, Benedict Matherin receiving two votes. (laughs) He got two third-place votes, finishing in eighth out of all the players on the ballot. I'm actually surprised-ish, I guess, that he ended up on there, but I suppose if you just did your voting by sorting reserve players in the nba by points per game you would land there because only norm powell averaged more points per game off the bench than benedict matherin did for the pacers this season right so if that is your criteria which historically kind of has been the case right you think of lou williams and jamal crawford with this award i suppose that has some merit because matherin again did average more points per game than most of these guys off the bench it's not like brogdon was far off 1.8 points per game away when he does so many more things is way different. But yeah, Matherin was a fantastic score off the bench. That's the reason he got votes. And that's why I would have picked him for sixth man of the year, going on the traditional choosing of how this award is chosen. But that's not really what this is, right? Who's the best player off the bench? And I think there's an argument that TJ McConnell was the Pacers' best player off the bench a lot of the season. Impact stats say that McConnell was one of the Pacers' best players this season. BPM says he was their fourth best player. Most impactful, not best. Let me be very clear about what I'm saying. I don't believe that to be the case. That's just the case. Uh, Dunks and threes, EPM, same thing. McConnell, fourth most impactful player, right? You can go sort these stats by yourself. And I don't think, again, I don't think McConnell's in that range, but, um, You could easily make that argument that he was more impactful than Matherin uh, and did more defensively and was the engine for that second unit. I think Matherin was the better player for much of the season. He had a harder role. Scoring that well as a rookie is extremely impressive. I picked Matherin for sixth man of the year. But Eddie Garrison sneaking in a TJ McConnell vote here. And I can't believe it, but we only had one, two, excuse me, unanimous awards, the two obvious ones for the Pacers. And I'm glad we get these discussions because the top two for sixth man for the Pacers this season would certainly have been matherin and mcconnell i think it should be matherin there can be an argument made for tj mcconnell next year it will be curious to see what their bench unit is and who ends up in this mix uh because there could be a lot more names if it's buddy healed or a backup big stepping up or something like that but i think it's matherin ethan voted for matherin uh eddie voted for tj mcconnell which was fascinating to me most improved player up next they might as well call this the pacers trophy they've had five winners historically Jalen Rose, Danny Granger, Paul George, Victor Oladipo, and Jermaine O'Neal tied with the Magic for the most in NBA history, and I thought Tyrese Halliburton had a dang good shot at this. I was actually kind of surprised by the results of this, which maybe I shouldn't be, but I was a little bit. Uh, I skipped over the locked-on results for six minutes a year. Quickly did win for us, barely. He had 17 first-place votes. Brogdon had 16. They finished 12 points apart uh, for the voting. There, Matherin got three second-place votes and two third-place votes from Locked On hosts, finishing in sixth place. Uh, but back to most improved, you know, the the two winner, the winner was Larry Markinen of the Jazz. I thought Halliburton had a good shot of getting into the top three for this one. And second place was Shea Gildish Alexander. What stands out to you about those two players? Both of them were first-time All-Stars this year, and everybody says they get a bigger role and more shots. And like, yeah, that's part of being improved is playing in a bigger role and being good, right? Like it's, it's, that's hard to do. If you get a bigger role, a lot of guys just suck or aren't as good or aren't ready for it. Right. Brunson got a much bigger role and was great. He deserved to finish third. Jalen Brunson did finish third. I thought Halliburton had a good shot because ascending from good player to first time all-star is traditionally what kind of does well in this award. Like Victor Oladipo, like Paul George, historically, um, so I thought Halberton would do better than he did. He actually finished sixth in voting. Uh, Mikhail Bridges and Nick Claxton also finishing ahead of them. And don't get me wrong, they both improved a ton. Of bridges, from start to finish of the season, even grew a ton. But I thought Halberton would finish ahead of both of those guys who would have been right there with Jalen Brunson. And Brunson maybe should have been an all-star in retrospect. But that I thought that was very fascinating that Halberton did not end up being in the top uh, five even for for most improved player given the season he had and what he was able to do at his absolute best uh he did get a first place vote though so there is someone out there who believes he is uh, of the 100 person voting panel the most improved player i'll be curious to see who he who that is and what their reasoning was if they have announced it uh for the voting so we'll see where that ends up i picked halliburton Uh, for the Pacers' most improved player, of course, for this exercise, and I've detailed the reasons, him growing into an all-star and having a bigger role and being awesome at it and being the team's identity center, all the things that have made him so talked about this season. This award, if Eddie Garrison was on, we'd be disputing. If Ethan Krieger was here, we'd be disputing. Either way, when I texted them, they both gave me non-Halbert answers and different answers, which blew me away. Eddie said Miles Turner was the Pacers' most improved player this season. He would have finished second on my personal ballot, uh, improving as an actual role man and as a a varied threat on offense, by the way, for you everyday listeners. Uh, Tomorrow, Miles Turner season review with Kalen Cooper. It's going to be a blast. Turner did so much more on offense. He became way more of a three-level scorer. He became a switch threat down low like... He grew so much offensively while not sacrificing a ton on the other end and was just massive for this team. The advanced stats love what he did. The box score stats love what he did. The eye tests love what he did. Still has the ways to go rebounding, but got so much better this season in a very meaningful way and got his contract extended as a result. Ethan, most improved player. This was an upset to me, but not an not outrageous pick. Uh, went with Aaron Neesmith for his most approved player. I had pretty low expectations for Nie-Smith entering the season, uh, and he proved that he should be starting every game for the construction that the Pacers had this season. And from last year with Boston, where he shot really poorly from three and the handle wasn't there, and you know who knows what this guy could be. The Celtics are willing to move on from him two years after picking him in the lottery. I get why him growing into a starter and clearly a part of what the Pacers are and what they want to be, right, Rick Carlisle? always applauds Nee Smith's kind of culture fit with this team and the way he's willing to work. That makes sense to me. That is a, a, a he would be third for me of the Pacers most improved players establishing himself once again this season. So our biggest dispute, you can tweet at Ethan or Eddie on Twitter if you want to hear their reasoning for those awards picks. Two to go rookie of the year and most valuable player pacers on the ballot, by the way, I should say, uh for rookie of the year, which will be fun to talk about. And for Locked On's votes, most improved player did also go to Larry Markin. He ran away with it. Shea was second. Brunson was third. Halliburton was fifth. Bridges was ahead of them in this as well, but he was ahead of Nick Claxton on our ballot. So uh, the Locked On hosts clearly are a little more in tune with what I believe uh, than what the actual voting ended up being. So two more to go. Rookie of the year and most valuable player to the fun ones. Let's do... Talk about two great groups of people before we close out today's show. First up, the good folks over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and that's where the Game Time app can come into play. You don't have to be like me growing up, and me and my dad would try to get Purdue basketball tickets, and it was the hardest thing ever. Scalping them out of the arena or getting them wherever we could. Beforehand, Game Time can help you out. Flash deals and last-minute tickets on their app. They're easy to find. It's easy to get whatever you want in your area. Uh, you can see images of your seat view and they have a lowest price guarantee cancellation protection, job loss protection, whatever you need. They've got it. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And that's why it is the place for last minute ticket deals. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Lockdown for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code Lockdown for $20 off with Game Time. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And let's also talk about Nissan and specifically the 2023 Nissan Aria. And Nissan wants us to name the most electric player of the week. Brought to you by that vehicle. Well, we gotta go with the guy we just talked about, Malcolm Brogdon, who was not particularly fantastic for the Celtics in game five as they fell to the Hawks at home, but uh has been playing well in general in the playoffs. And like I said, one sixth man of the year uh last week. Credit to him and what he did for the Celtics this season. 14-3-3 earlier tonight in that Celtics loss, and a worthy winner of the tw- the electric player of the week. There will be a couple of them this week. Brogdon is an electric player. He's brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful, and delivers on duality, a combination of fierceness and elegance that you can only get with the 2023 Nissan Aria, the perfect SUV crossover, the vehicle that packs penny-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one electric vehicle, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the electric vehicle for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Pacers your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Any of these teams who advanced, you got two of them yesterday in the first round. The Denver Nuggets are on to the next round. Well, they will play the Phoenix Suns, who are also on to the next round. Uh, the Nuggets survive late against the Timberwolves. Huge Devin Booker game for uh, the Suns to get past the Clippers. Man, that series should have been way better. Injury suck. Uh, locked on Nuggets. Locked on Suns is next for you two more awards rookie of the year and mvp in pacer land the two least disputed awards right all i picked benedict matherin for the pacers rookie of the year eddie garrison picked benedict matherin ethan krieger picked benedict matherin easy choice uh the league announced rookie of the year uh today actually which is the reason that where I w- finally was ready to do this show. I had all the the, the info from the league and the voting. Uh, Matherin actually did better than I thought he would. He finished fourth. Uh, the winner was Paolo Bancaro, 20 points per game, shouldering a huge offensive load for Orlando, getting to the line a bunch. Matherin had a fantastic season. He's so good at getting to the foul line himself, 13th in the NBA and free throw rate right ahead of Bancaro by one spot, almost six free throw attempts a game, really dynamic score, just a terrific player and his first impression was very good this season in real voting bankara won. like i said jalen williams from the thunder second walker kessler third and benedict matherin fourth i actually thought my hunch was that matherin would finish fifth in rookie of the year voting and then that would also propel him to the last spot on first team all rookie this season he finished fourth though which was interesting to me matherin ahead of keegan murray uh, of the, on the Rookie of the Year voter. Statistically, he was ahead of Murray in a lot of ways, but I thought perhaps the winning ways of the Kings could get Murray ahead of Matherin. In fact, in our Locked On voting for Rookie of the Year, Matherin finished fifth behind Murray. Murray finished fourth. Uh, I voted Matherin above Murray in that poll, of course, but I understand the vote and the flip side, but Matherin does finish fourth. Uh, he got four second-place votes, 15 third-place votes on his way to fourth for Rookie of the Year, finishing behind those three guys and look the league awards i think i agree or understand the thinking for basically all of them right jaron jackson for defensive player yep i'm with that i probably would have voted for mobley but that's totally acceptable Markinen and for most improved yep i would have voted for him Ben carroll for rookie i would have voted for him brogdon for sixth man yep i would have voted for him i would have voted for fox as clutch player i would have voted for brown as coach of the year i'm basically right in line with everybody until rookie of the year i and the rare Walker Kessler voter. <laughs> I am one of the, the three, apparently. There were two out of all the ballots. Ben Carroll got 98 first place votes. The so Kessler got the other two. Everybody talks about how hard Ben Carroll's offensive load was. And he had this, he had to carry the everything on that end of the floor. Kessler's defensive role was equally hard to me. And he was also an efficient and winning offensive player. I don't know. I just thought he was the best rookie. Even though in retrospect, we could look back and go, hey, Ben Carroll's way better than this guy. Which is totally possible, but. I mean, being a an elite rim protector in year one in the league is crazy. Doing it while being an efficient player is nuts. Like I thought he was just so special for the Jazz this year. He finished third, which is fine. Like he, he, you know, it's not like it's a big deal that Ben Carroll won. He was also very good, but you know, being being as good as Kessler was uh, in general is super hard to do as a rookie. That block rate's rivaling like the best Miles Turner has ever been seventy percent. True shooting. I'm just opining on the award at this point. For the Pacers, it was obviously Matherin, even though Numbard was fantastic this year. Uh, Matherin was the Pacers rookie of the year. And Bancaro, a worthy winner in the league with Kessler, of course, being my pick. MVP, not announced yet by the league. I wonder if it will be later this week, although perhaps it will be a little bit later into the playoffs. I think it was in the middle of the second round last year. Philly and Denver have both moved on. We'll see about the Bucks, but uh, it seems like the two top two guys are going to be in the second round, too, so they can add to the suspense around the NBA. I would pick Joel Embiid. I have a hunch, based on the public va- ballots available, that he's going to win. Jokic, worthy candidate. Giannis, worthy candidate. We'll see who ends up winning on that one. Not announced. Pacers aren't going to be on any ballots here. Uh, Joel Embiid wins the locked-on votes with Jokic second and Giannis third. Again, these are the expected order of events. But who was the Pacers MVP this season? I'm just kidding. It's not up for debate. All three of the people, me, Eddie, and Ethan, all picked Tyrese Halbert, and he is number one. And it's, you know, it's not even close. Right, He was clearly the team's best player. The identity center, so impactful. The team was a 500 squad when he played and not at all 500 squad when he did not play that kind of is the crux of value in this discussion right that was talked about a lot in terms of on off numbers and on off numbers kind of stink because they uh, evaluate what happens when a player isn't on the court which is hard to identify value when a guy's not playing but a team being Good and the win-loss column when a guy does play and bad when he doesn't. Certainly seems that he is important to that team's success and winning abilities, as Tyrese Halliburton was for the Pacers this year. He is clearly the team's MVP. I'll be curious if he, how many MVP ballots through his career he actually ends up on, if any. Maybe that's perhaps getting ahead of myself. I think Embiid's going to win. I would vote for Embiid for MVP if I myself had a vote, but it's really close. Jokic was so, so good this season as well. Thank you all for listening to this one. I have fun diving through the awards and seeing where the Pacers stand. I think between all the league awards and Pacers awards, my only big difference with voters would have been Mobley for defensive player of the year and Walker Kessler for rookie of the year, but in general, a pretty good year for voting. I thought everybody did a pretty good job. All rookie and all NBA will come in May at some point. Um, I don't, Halliburton at his best and at his peak this season, probably had a shot for an NBA spot as a guard doesn't. Now I think he missed too many games literally next year baked into the cba he would have missed too many games uh, so he there's the pages aren't gonna have any all nba guys all rookie though matherin especially if he's finishing fourth in rookie of the year a lock to make it most likely first team Nembard, i'll be curious if he sneaks on it's one of those second team spots or if he's the 11th guy in a 10-man field we'll of course cover that when it comes if you have any disagreements today or think i'm an idiot like usual I'm on Twitter at nba or comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. Tomorrow, back with Kaitlin Cooper talking player season reviews, looking at Miles Turner's resurgent season and Friday. Really fun guest. I don't want to spoil uh, talking state of the Pacers in general. It's going to be really fun to close out this week and this month here at Locked on Pacers. So thank you guys a ton for listening today. Hope you really enjoyed it, and we will see you tomorrow.